Dr. Hugh Poirot is back and possibly better. Today I'm talking about Death on the Nile. This is Scott's of Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about the recent uh, adaptation by uh, Kenneth Branagh of Death on the Nile. And I think those of you who are, have been following movie stuff know that uh, Death on the Nile is the follow-up to Murder on the Orient Express, which came out in 2017, and I believe was slated for release about two... Um, basically about two years ago, <laughs> and then got delayed. So... But it's finally out now, and I thought I'd check this one out, and I think I actually liked it better than the first one. So without further ado, let's get started. I'm sure Kenneth Branagh is a little steamed. Right after he brings back one of the most famous literary detectives and novels with Murder on the Orient Express, complete with an A-list cast with an undercurrent of progressive ideals, where Johnny Depp plays the murder victim, no less, here comes Knives Out whodunit with all the hallmarks of the genre, but with enough variations to make it stand out and revive interest in said genre. Then again, if you can get your sequel into theaters before Knives Out 2, maybe you can capitalize on said interest in your old-school approach. Fresh off his adventure on the Orient Express, Hercule Poirot is vacationing in Egypt when he's brought in to the social event of the season by his ne'er-do-well friend Book. A honeymoon for actress, uh, for heiress, sorry, Lynette Ridgway and her husband after whirlwind romance, Simon Doyle. But the celebration turns sour when one of the attendees is found murdered and Poirot begins a tense investigation. If you can remember back to 2017, holy shit, is time real anymore? Is it? Uh, you may remember that I was tepid on Branna's murder on the Orient Express. I didn't think it was bad, but I thought it was an odd mixture of tones. It also didn't help that the 1970s adaptation is very, very good, with a much more amusing Poirot. But I get what it was going for now, because I think Death on the Nile is a better version of it. Death on the Nile is best enjoyed as a period melodrama, which makes perfect sense considering Branagh's obvious love for Shakespeare and also fits the larger themes of this particular mystery because this particular mystery is all about love and all of the messy conflicts and dumb things it makes people do or can drive people to do. Poirot is reintroduced in the film as a man who once loved and lost and now views it as a luxury he cannot afford. What I like is how this movie portrays Poirot's entire persona, for instance a detective and even his mustache, as a barrier between him and other people. It's a way to keep people out. You see this very obviously when he stumbles to do basic flirting with a whip-smart blues singer or tries to shut off his emotions when he can't. And it's nice to see one of these Agatha Christie adaptations tweet, treat Poirot like a character versus a plot device. It also helps that the cast is game and well-suited to their roles. I'll admit, as good as this, the cast is in Orient Express, that many big names is a touch distracting. For instance, if you really want to make a former maid come across as penniless and homely, casting Penelope Cruz is a harder sell. This time we've got a lot of folks you'll recognize, but not so much that you associate them with one kind of role, and the one you do, it fits. 
Annette Benning plays an overbearing mother, familiar but fun. Leticia Wright is a quick-witted manager, and even Russell Brand gives an unexpectedly restrained performance. This is how you use him in movies from now on, by the way. But my favorite performance is from Sophie Okonodo as Salome Otterborn, as the aforementioned blues singer. While everyone does a great job, Okon... Yeah, sorry. Okonedo is the only one who truly matches what Branna is putting down. She's arch, larger than life, and just so damn charismatic. Even when she's delivering familiar or tired jokes, they work because she's telling them. Mystery-wise, we all know what to expect. First one murder, then some digging, then maybe another, then some more digging, all before the big climax. What I liked about this movie is that it takes about halfway through the film to get to the actual murder. It means almost everyone's baggage has already been hinted at on camera versus being gleaned exclusively by Poirot in the Orient Express. The only hiccups for me come via Branagh's shot selection and some immersion-breaking moments. While the emphasis on tracking shots and offbeat angles is good for establishing mood and the full scope of the location, there's a lot of times when you wish they would just hold the camera still and do a shot-reverse shot. It's dizzying after a while. Likewise, the final I have solved the crime scene features a number of audible gasps that, come on man, let the audience do that. And I know this will pale in comparison to another film that is playing with the genre or putting a new spin on it. Regardless, this is an enjoyable once-over. The verdict is it's straightforward fun. Melodramatic with great performances, Death on the Nile is a solid sequel. 6 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.